This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Husker Rewind here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. That right there is Mr. Tom Stevens. Hello. My name is Mike Melby, and joining us now on the Aloe VIP line, which is brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Mr. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald, how are you, sir? Hey, doing all right. Uh, afternoon on the road, and, and happy to be back and chatting some Huskers. Nice. I, it's, it was an interesting just weekend in general for Nebraska athletics. Um, so much good, and just then a lot of frustration with the way everything played out in Madison last night. Um, but as opposed to just focusing on football, how was this weekend for you being not only a sports writer, but a, a sports fan uh, of Nebraska programs? I mean, it was a, a fun weekend. There's no way around it. Like, I'm driving back this afternoon with uh, Sam McEwen and Tom Chattel, and, you know, we're, we're following Nebraska Creighton women's volleyball. I'm sorry, uh, women's basketball. We've got Iowa nebraska volleyball and they clinch the big 10 tournament uh, the soccer team you know punches its ticket to the elite eight and for all the football frustrations they're still playing for a bowl game next week and and that's uh you know kind of on par with with what maybe the expectations were for this season so it's fun i mean that's that's what you want right like in, in november you want meaningful competitions you want to see excellence uh manifested you want interesting personalities and stories and i think for all the uh the gnashing of teeth you know that the football kind of tends to bring out and and it had another you know familiar frustration uh in madison like there's there's a lot of good going on with nebraska too so it's been pretty cool to see um you know all the all all the work and all the off-season stuff uh play out into some pretty cool moments this weekend so with that in mind, how would you grade the Matt Rule season, knowing that you've had so many injuries, you didn't find the quarterback, you kind of missed maybe on the quarterback that you thought that you wanted. Uh, that hasn't worked out really well. It's still, um, you know, I don't know the, what we have yet as far as an offensive coordinator, and time will tell with Satterfield. And obviously Rule is saying that he's happy and he's staying with, uh, with Marcus Satterfield. But how would you grade year number one overall for Rule? Well, I, you know, I think it's right on par with kind of what the thought was going in. I mean, I think back to July and August and, you know, what we put in our preview section with the World Herald was that Nebraska would go 6-6. Six and six, And I think that was the general consensus in the fan base, too, is, man, just in that bowl, bowl, bowl drought, get back uh, into the postseason, get those bowl practices. Um, and that's a pretty successful year one, I think, given all the – the roster turnover and just some of the, you know, the mental struggles that this program has had, get to a bowl game, uh, show a tangible sign of progress. And then you go and you, you elevate from there and you have another round of recruiting and uh, you, you know, you, you set kind of what you want in terms of your offense and your defense, you start bringing in your guys. If you're Matt rule, you know, I think probably the biggest success of this season so far is the culture piece. I mean, you think about all the press conferences, all the player interviews, there's really never been a moment this year where you're like, uh, you know, you've had that sort of buy-in conversation. Is this person bought in? Is, 
is that person bought in? Are we all pulling in the right direction, the same direction? Like, I think that piece of it is really strong. And, and the, the players, I mean, they parrot it every week. Go want to know uh, the what's next mentality, win the rep. Like, all those guys are saying that, and I think they mean it generally. Um, and then it contrasts with what we've seen from Nebraska teams of the past when adversity hits. So I think that piece is really strong. Defensively, what they've done in year one is ahead of schedule. Uh, I think special teams wise, you know, they've had their moments. It's been inconsistent. That's probably about where you would think it would be. And then offensively, I mean, as you said, they haven't found the quarterback yet. That's probably something they'll have to address in the portal here in just a couple of weeks. Um, see where that goes. Um, that's that's an offense that I think is going to have to look a lot different next year. You know, you credit the staff for doing what they have to do to be competitive and win games now by adopting the option and, and, and being creative with what they have. But I think that's the piece uh, where you look at year one under Matt Rule and you say, man, other than maybe a few run plays and, and just sort of the, the mentality of it, uh, they probably you know, didn't cultivate the offense that we're going to see in year two and beyond. Evan Bland from the Omaha World Herald joining us on the Allo VIP line. Evan, I want to talk to you about the defense and Tony White. Uh, his name is already cropping up. San Diego State has been mentioned. Syracuse has been mentioned uh, for a possible head coaching job. Um, he's a guy that I think is going to be a head coach sooner than later. Do you think there is a, a better than 50% chance that that's next season? Or do you think with maybe a boost in pay, Nebraska can keep him around for a little longer? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, kind of his previous stops. Like the fact that his name comes up at places where he's been, San Diego State and Syracuse, I mean, that's that's a, a testament to just the impact that he's left at those places for sure. And, and you hear him hear him talk just the way that he talks and the way that he, he, he kind of thinks about things is very much uh, reminiscent of a future head coach. Um, but, you know, I don't – if I had to guess, I would say – he comes back for another year. I mean, he's making a million dollars this year as Nebraska's defensive coordinator. You figure he's earned a raise this off season. And just hearing him talk, my perspective is that he would say he still has things he can learn under Matt rule. And I think that's something that, that Tony White's mentioned a few times, just, uh, you know, learning to, to be that CEO, what, what do you do to motivate players? How do you collaborate as a coaching staff to come up with something uniquely yours, the way that Nebraska has with its defense this year? That's just my sense. Um, and, you know, if he if he does next year something similar to what he's done this year, uh, you know, bigger opportunities could come along too. Remember, he's a, a UCLA alum and, and uh, you know, Chip Kelly kind of seemingly saved his job out there with the win over USC this weekend. So maybe that's something – down the road that could crop up for him or, or, or other big opportunities. Um, you know, if he continues to find some sustained success in the big 10. So, you know, is it possible? Sure. That he could, he could bolt and be a head coach somewhere and make some more money and have his chance. But uh, just again, kind of being around him and, and, and hearing him talk for the last, you know, uh, 11 months or so, my hunch is that he would say he still has a little bit more to learn and, and maybe would, come back to Nebraska here if the circumstances are right. Evan Blatt of the Omaha World Herald, our guest. Well, he's been very careful, that is, uh, Tony White, to say this is our defense, and he credits a lot of the other staff for their input, and he said the defense, what we run here, is really not the defense I ran at Syracuse. It's more of our defense. But if he does decide to move on, 
uh, knowing what Matt Rule said about Satterfield. Hey, do you really want to fire another coach? Do you really want to change coaches and go through a new language? Would there be somebody that Nebraska could elevate within that staff, or would they hire a new D.C.? I mean, it's a good question. Matt Rule last week said he feels like there are multiple future head coaches on his staff, and, and clearly Tony White's the most ready. But, you know, in, in 10 years, who knows? Garrett McGuire could be a, a guy, um, you know, as, a, as an offensive sort of mind. But in terms of, of Nebraska's D.C., I mean, I kind of my thought is that a lot of the guys that they have as position coaches are pretty well suited. I mean, Rob Dvorak is a linebackers coach, has done well there. Terrence Knighton on the defensive line. Evan Cooper has sort of been, uh, you know, Matt Rule's right hand man as a talent evaluator, in addition to being the secondary coach. Um, so, it, it, my hunch is that those guys would, would stay where they are. You know, the obvious name that you look at with a Matt Rule tie is Elijah Robinson, who's the current interim coach at Texas A&M, and, and Matt Rule gave him his first break uh, back at Temple in 2014. So that's somebody that you you would figure would command a bigger salary and is a, is a renowned recruiter and, and all the rest. So that's somebody I think that you would look at. But, you know, remember with Tony White, I mean, he was the exception in Matt Rule assembling his staff where most of these other assistants uh, either played format rule or uh, worked with him or, or sort of owed the start of their career to him. Tony White, you know, had had that successful run at San Diego State, at Syracuse as the D.C., and Matt Rule, I, I saw something in him that he wanted to bring to Nebraska. So given, I think, Rule's track record for identifying talent in coaches, um, you know, I would feel better about him going out and finding another D.C. just based on that and based his track record um, maybe more than I would just sort of a standard coach trying to find somebody uh, to replace somebody to coordinate the defense. Evan Bland from the Yamaha World Herald joining us on the Allo VIP line. Evan, let's look ahead to next Friday. Um, we all ate too much the day before. <laughs> How does Nebraska beat Iowa? Like, what what do they need to do? There's Iowa has more smoke and more mirrors than any team in college football history. Um, so we've got to figure out a way to, to get a, a, a high powered fan on, to get rid of the smoke and something to break <laughs> some mirrors, but how, how do they do it? What is going to be the key for Nebraska to be able to pull the minor upset? I think I was, or I was a point and a half favorite, but, uh, how, how do they get bowl eligible? Well, I mean, they're going to have to find a way to score some points. The over under for that thing is what? 27 and a half. I mean, that's historically low. So you almost feel like if you can get to 13 points, like that, that might be enough. Quite as ridiculous as that, as that sounds. Um, you know, I think about sort of the blueprint that Nebraska's tried to use this last, you know, couple months, which has been, you know, you're gonna you're gonna run the quarterback. You want to take care of the football, lean on your defense, hope that you get a takeaway or two. And I think maybe the most discouraging part about their loss to Wisconsin was they generally did what they were looking to do. I mean, Chubba Purdy didn't have a turnover until the, the, the final pick, uh, you know, on, on fourth down and overtime, he, uh, you know, was able to run the ball. They had the big play touchdown, actually two of them, they gave them the lead and it still didn't quite work out. And it almost feels like the defense is going to have to, you know, really set up the offense with a short field or even score on its own. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a lot of pressure to put on one unit, but, 
I just don't see, given what Iowa's defense has done this year, how Nebraska is going to move the ball. Uh, and that's no knock on Nebraska. They've had injuries. They have young players out there. Um, Iowa's off uh, defense is, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's been doing what it does for a long time. So I think you have to have something strange happen. I think you need something maybe from the return game. You need something dramatic from the defense. Uh, you need to take care of the football, which Nebraska finally did last week. And, you know, the offense has shown that even when it does score, it needs a big play to do it. So I don't think you can count on, certainly against Iowa, uh, you know, an 80-yard, 10-play sort of drive. I think you're going to need to to find to find a way to cash in on a three- or four-play drive where you hit something big over the middle or someone breaks loose on a busted assignment or something like that. Um, but, you know, again, Iowa's not going to run away from you yeah. unless things really go south for Nebraska, so you figure it's going to be a close game. All of Iowa's games are, it seems like. All of Nebraska's games are, it seems like. Uh, but can they find a way to close in the final game, I think, is the big question. I, I think Iowa's found the key to winning the rest of their games is just fire their offensive coordinator, uh, and then they win out uh, because Brian Ferentz has been there. Their their offense hasn't gotten any better, but they continue to win. What about Ohio State and Michigan? Who do you like there? You know, three weeks ago, I would have said Michigan rolls in that game. Now it feels like a toss-up given the Harbaugh situation, given um, you know how, how close Maryland played them, and maybe that was just sort of a trap game. But Ohio State's kind of coming along too. I still think Michigan finds a way. I think the the Harbaugh suspension maybe has has sort of a galvanizing effect on that team. I think you've seen it a lot in in sports through the years where a team can sort of come together and say, okay, you're going to do that to our coach. Well, this is what we're going to do, and this is the message that we're going to send back. So um, I, I guess I would give the edge to Michigan. Um, but man, that's going to be a really fascinating game to watch with you know CFP. Um, ramifications and, and all the rest. So, give me Michigan, but man, I, I don't see uh, you know how that thing's not close into the fourth quarter. Oh, it's going to be a great game, uh, Evan. We appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Uh, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald, always good takes. Writes a lot of stuff about Husker football and Husker baseball. We'll have him on a lot during the baseball season. Um, it sounded like he might be leaning a little bit to Iowa there, just wondering how Nebraska might score against them. If you're going to beat Iowa, you do it the Iowa way. You get a kick As, return, you block a punt, you yeah. pick six, <laughs> yeah. uh, and you win a bloodbath of 15-13. to 13. That's how they beat Illinois. As, as frustrating as the turnovers that Nebraska have had offensively this season, it's almost more frustrating the lack of turnovers from the defense because – you see our defense doing things other teams do to cause turnovers, trying to punch the ball out. We haven't had a lot of guys make great breaks on the on the football other than Tommy Hill. I mean, Quentin Newsom's finally got his first interception uh, this year, but, I mean, let's face it, he just simply dropped off a guy and fell back into his own, and the quarterback didn't see him. But, you know, where's where's the Bullock brothers with, that have 10, 11 interceptions? That, I mean, yeah. there's I, I don't get it because to me, Nebraska's defense, man, the, the hits that they put on some people, and it's not just a shoulder. Like, right. they wrap up and they're punching, trying to yeah. get – I mean, everything they're doing is what you see other teams do and get turnovers, and they've done it to Nebraska. And it just – I'm it, 
like what in the world? <laughs> it's and it, to me, it's infuriating because yeah. they're doing to me what it looks like you're taught to do, what you're supposed to do to yeah. try to make somebody fumble. And it feels like Isaac Gifford will play in the NFL. That's one of the predictions Oof. that Matt Rule has had. And I think that Absolutely. you know Quentin Newsom could do that. Yeah, uh, maybe there isn't a Cam Taylor Britt in the group, I, but there's some pretty good defensive backs there. But you're right; uh, they have the ability to get a pick six or a strip six or yeah. do you know make Iowa. You know, he was talking about game records earlier in the year. They need a game record. They, they've been really good, and they had three turnovers last week, but none when they really needed them in Madison yeah. last night. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out one name. I don't think he'll be back next year. And I just absolutely insane. Between um, Nash Hutmaker, Hutmaker uh, has been unbelievable this year. He finally kind of mm-hmm. is exactly He's what you really, expected. really, good. Ty Robinson. Folks, those that, two together—that that man is going to be a Pro Bowler um, in the NFL, and I think he's going next year. I, I haven't heard anything. I just the and way some he people plays, say, "Well, man, I, I never noticed him." Then that's yeah. probably good. He's yeah, taking but, out double teams when you're not. Here's looking. the thing: you do notice him. Yeah, you still do. He, he gets TFLs, and he had two pass breakups yesterday. Yeah, yeah. he's he's I, really he is, really good. Oh he reminds my me a little bit of Danny Noonan. With that that's kind a, of a build, that's a good I mean, comparison. Six four, six five. He's probably six six. He's just an absolute beast. Yeah. Uh, there's no way a guy with the athleticism and the body of Ty Robinson doesn't play in the NFL. Uh, well, and the other thing, if, and Huntmaker too. From, Huntmaker too. From from a, a from an NFL scouting thought process yeah. here, the one thing I know that I've heard, you know, some people talk about the intangibles, like the motor. Ty Robinson has a motor that is insane. I mean, it's he's in such good shape, especially for somebody that's as big as he. Like, um, he he is just an absolute yeah, joy to watch. He'll play in the NFL, no doubt in my mind. Let's do the grades, yep. and then also uh, some hoops talk uh, coming up next. It's Husker Rewind. Mike Melby there. Tom Stevens here. Back with more after this.